I am joined over the phone by Reverend D. Stanley Lord, who is president of the Greater Bridgeport chapter of the NAACP. Reverend Lord, welcome to Mic Check. How are you doing, Mike? Glad to be here. Bring greetings from the Greater Bridgeport NAACP. And I serve, as you said, the president. It's my second year. We're glad to be with you. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for for joining me tonight to have this conversation. I had heard and I know that you had a very serious health situation in 2020. And Reverend Lord, I was wondering if you could uh, first talk about how you're doing now and then, you know, talk a little bit about what you went through health-wise um, in 2020. Well, it was actually April 10th, the day after my birthday. Uh, I was having a hard time breathing. Uh, that week I was building up and uh, got to the, the ambulance. Chad to come pick me up and wind in the hospital and told me you have to incubate me. Uh, come to think of it, I had double pneumonia and actually was in, a, in that coma for, induced coma for 21 days. And during that time, they, they test kept testing me for COVID because I was beginning of COVID, but uh, four times, each time was negative. So I actually didn't have to go to rehab because when you're not moving for that period of time, uh, you kind of lose things. And then they gave me some medication, made me bleed from actually from my brain. And uh, they thought I was going to have some deficiencies and all that kind of thing, but for a praying mother, and uh, kept it going, and her prayers brought me through. Wow, that's uh, that's really really scary. Um, I, wh- I can imagine that that was scary for for your mother and your family to be to be going through when you were because you were in a coma for you said twenty one days. Twenty one days, and they my family got together every week, and they had prayer with each other. In fact, she actually brought them all closer together. I'm normally the one that brings everybody together, but they all came together via Zoom, no matter where they were, uh, and they would pray. And uh, my, my actually, I have a twin brother, and when I woke up, I got finally got to my phone. He left he left messages every single day, telling me to get up and all that kind of stuff, wake up and all of that. So it was interesting for them. But, hey, I don't know nothing. <laughs> Lost a lot of weight at that time. I lost uh, 47 pounds uh, after being in a coma for that that long period of time. Wow. Yeah, that's very intense. I'm so glad that you're okay and that you're doing better and that you you overcame that situation. And also, did you say your your birthday is April 9th? Yeah, I'm April 9th, yes. That's that's my birthday as well, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we have the same birthday, I guess. Wow. Um, that's re- that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. My birthday is April 9th. When you were saying, when you were telling the story, I was like, wait a minute, April 10th, the day after my birthday. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So, um, you know, on the on the same topic of health and well and and wellness and and well being, I know that you and the Greater Bridgeport NAACP have been involved in working with churches and other faith centers locally here in Bridgeport to conduct COVID testing and vaccinations. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that process and how things are going. Well, our first part was to get the community educated. So we really had a lot of webinars first on what COVID was all about, uh, the efficacy of it, the efficacy of the vaccinations, uh, 
and then getting masks out and now trying to get uh, home kits for for our members in the community. In fact, in two weeks, I think a week or two, we'll be doing another. About a, we're going to be uh, joining with the uh, South Side the Collaborative Ministers Collaborative and join with them to do about 2,000 uh, home testing kits. So we're, we're keep up because our community still is not raised to the level of a good number, percentage number of those who have actually had the vaccine. So it's, it's just puzzling that um, folks are scared, especially the young adults, where they're saying, no, it's something in the, it's something in even my younger brother, I'm having, Get, trying to get, he took one, but he didn't take it. He said he won't take it anymore. I was like, okay, that's a battle. I'm just not going to try to fight anymore. So it's it's been taxing trying to get him to understand that this is for, not just for you, it's for others in your community too to help say help them keep from getting sick. Right, right, yeah. Thank you for for sharing that. And so you said so you're going to be partnering with. With Southwest, and is that when you say we, is that uh, is that a, a coalition of different churches? NACP and the churches actually, it's a it's a South End Ministers Collaborative. It's actually it is not the, not not the help the, the um, facility itself. We're talking about a collaborative of ministers and the churches, which is um, Shallow Baptist uh, Community of Cathedral of Praise. And uh, one other, and um, Walter Memorial. They come together, and, and that end of town, and uh, we're going to be together doing that. And so that's going to be all across the community, or that's going to be primarily on the east end. It's going to be housed at the east end, but open to everybody. Okay, and when when does that start again? Um, we're waiting for the, the, the actual, actual date for when we're going to receive them, and then we'll get the word out. Okay. Thank you for, for sharing that. And um, I, I also wanted to to say that, you know, I know in your role as president of the Greater Bridgeport NAACP, you've been active and vocal on a number of issues, including including the issue of environmental justice. And so I was wondering if you could share some of your thoughts on environmental issues here in Bridgeport, uh, if you could break down exactly, you know, why environmental issues and climate justice is also racial justice, like why these issues are all connected. The number one environmental issue here in Bridgeport is the Remington uh, Woods that issue of turning that into a commercial space, and we're losing all that wildlife. Uh, the city council voted to change the uh, designation of that to a <laughs> commercial, which is really ludicrous. So you're going to lose a lot of uh, oxygen-producing plants and those types of things. The second one was uh, PSENG, when they had the smoke tech. Uh, tower that was that on the east on the uh, uh, west side uh, made a commitment to uh, Bridgeport to provide jobs, training, and and uh, restitution to some of the residents. They made a promise; they have not kept it. 
So uh, we've asked the state and national to write a letter, to write a letter of support uh, for, uh, so that they might honor their promise uh, to do what they say they're going to do and provide those jobs and those uh, uh, monies to help those who are still suffering with asthma. One of the biggest problem of those who are in that smokestack area who live there is a high rate of asthma and within our youth. So therefore, become reason why getting to the next part, reason why um, climate justice is racial justice is where are the highways built? Where do they put the incinerators? It's always in the areas where black and brown people live. We always call it the other side of the, of the train track. That's what they used to call it back in the day. And they didn't care about what happened there, so they just put anything they want. We weren't at the table making the decisions, so now we have to deal with the fallout of that. And so those in those communities now have health problems because of the, the air is not clean. We have asthma problems. We have health issues. And one thing that COVID really put a light on is the disparities of health and food equities within the lower income neighborhoods and all of our cities. So yes, climate justice is racial justice. Thank you so much for for sharing that and for for breaking that down. Uh, Really quick, if you're just tuning in, my name is Mike Murley. The name of this program is Mike Check, and you're listening to WPKN 89.5 FM in Bridgeport, streaming around the world at WPKN.org. And I'm joined over the phone in conversation with Reverend D. Stanley Lord, who is the president of the Greater Bridgeport NAACP. And Reverend Lord, um, thank you for what you just shared, um, kind of connecting those dots in terms of how these these issues are connected. And and like you said, why, you know, why environmental justice and climate justice are racial justice issues. And along still the same lines of um, the health of the community. I know that you have spoken in the media recently over the last year, year and a half about the need for better mental health support here in Bridgeport. And I was wondering if you could expound on that and and share your thoughts about, you know, what you feel is, um, you know, like share your vision for what you feel the best way to address this issue and, and approach the topic of mental health here in the community? Mental health in our community, the black and brown community, first of all, we need to get rid of the stigma. There's a stigma most time in our community whereby those who have mental issues, they're put off to the side and not talked about. And what I'm glad to see that's happening in some of our black churches is that our pastors and our spiritual leaders are talking more about even themselves having a therapist because you're not ministry is not going to be right and work with is not going to be right 
So therefore, we must take away the physical health. We have to. We have to be conscious of those who have some issues, whereby which they need to seek help. The problem is when the when the last budget was passed, it didn't allow enough support for our communities. Not enough uh, workers, even here in the mental health uh, department we have here in town. They cut the budget, so therefore those who needed certain services weren't provided. That's why we also we wanted to try to change some of the spending of the police department so that when we encounter our citizens who we know is having a mental break, calling a peace officer does what? doesn't do anything for the person having that episode. But yet, if you send a social worker, a mental counsel, counselor with them, then that can really diffuse the situation. Just this week, I was in one of the supermarkets, and there was a gentleman there who was definitely having an issue. And he was having issue mostly with himself, but he was in a public area. And I walked over, I had my NACP mask on, but not my hat. And I told, and I was just watching to see what's going on. And the store manager trying to tell me, oh no, you get away. I said, look, I'm with the NACP. I'm gonna stay here and watch to make sure that nothing goes wrong. It was a man of color. And finally he was watching us and we were watching him. He got himself together and he eventually walked out the store and went on down the street. Case closed, and we and that was fine. But when if the police officers had been there and tried to escalate it some instead of de-escalating and not try to talk with him or let him melt metal down, then it would have gone another way. So we have we have to get rid of that stigma of mental health that there's something wrong with you. No, it's just something that you might need a little bit of help with some chemicals with with some medication. So yes, we have to be conscious of those who have, uh, may not operate the same way we operate. And we have to be able to adjust and adjust with them. Thank you for sharing that, Reverend Lord. Um, and yeah, mental health is, is such a big, such, a, such an important topic. And, and in terms of the policing, you know, like you were just talking about, I mean, that's, that's, such a huge issue everywhere, but, you know, we're here in Bridgeport and we definitely want to talk about policing and, and the Bridgeport Police Department, which has proven to be one of the most violent and racist police departments in all of Connecticut in the past several years and, and before. And since May 2017, when the family of 15-year-old Jason Negron began to speak out after his brutal murder by Bridgeport police officer James Boulay and all the other officers who were standing around or who were actively complicit in Jason's murder by the police to, to uh, the very recent corruption and, and handling or mishandling of the death and, possi- and possible murder of Lauren Smith-Fields and Brenda Rawls, two black women who on the same day were found dead. In, under very suspicious circumstances, 
here in Bridgeport and the total just corruption and racism that people are facing. And again, the families of Jason Negron and Lauren Smith Fields and Brenda Rawls have been speaking out and very vocal. And so Reverend Lord, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you what your vision is for, for policing in Bridgeport and for challenging policing in Bridgeport, as well as of course the, the greater Bridgeport NAACP's vision in terms of challenging policing and the way that policing has been going here in Bridgeport up to this point? Well, first thing we, we need to do is, is change leadership. Bridgeport has an acting police chief who really isn't qualified for the position. We need someone who has a proven record of turning around the police department that has low morale. You can't have good morale when your, your former chief was arrested and rigged his test, and those who are working try to go for who try to apply for the same test, but yet you're rigging the test. Then you have uh, an environment where you can't even drink the water for almost two months because somebody didn't do something that was administrative could have been corrected. So when you have leadership that doesn't watch the small things, sometimes it's the small things that make a big, the big thing when it comes to police morale. But when it comes to the pattern and practice of the Bridgeport Police Department, it is something that the NACP is looking into of how they police the community, especially the black and brown community. And it's been really highlighted the last two weeks with the Rawls and Smithfield families and how those cases were handled and or some people allege cover up uh, or police involvement or connections to the police whereby some of the policies that should have been. We just lost Reverend Lord, so I'm going to get him back on the line right now. Reverend Lord, are you there? I'm here. Okay, yeah, I don't know what happened there, but uh, but we're back. That's okay. uh, so either there was there's a, allegations that have been made or alleged that there were some connections with the police because some things, even in the Rawls case, nobody's talking about the fact that the one police officer was called, but the person who who was alive and is a city employee. The police come, next thing you know, the coroner comes, next thing you know, the body's in Farmington. No investigation. Hmm. So those kinds of things we're looking into, we were, we're actually going to be, be making a, uh, having a press conference Tuesday or Wednesday of this week to, the, to make some major announcements as it comes to uh, the police department and, and how we're going to act, operate moving forward. We are not happy with the long-term misuse of force when it comes to the black and brown community, the unequal treatment of officers of color, where officers of color are treated uh, when it comes to dishing out punishment, 
that the they're more harshly than those of their white uh, counterparts. So we're concerned with the leadership and how it uh, polices itself uh, and looking into maybe we need a, a police, uh, we need a citizen's review board that has subpoena power because the, the police commissioner commission that we have here, the power has been stripped from them. So it's, it's now time to change some of the city charter when it's time in the next two years so that we can and take the power away from the mayor where the, where the city council is who reports that he reports to the city council and not the city council reporting to the mayor. That just makes no sense to me. Any other major city, the city council, that mayor has to answer to the city council, not the other way around. So when we get those things in place, when we get the right chief in place, when we put a citizen's review board in place, that has real power, then we can start to change some of the things here in this city. Thank you for sharing that, Reverend Lord. And yeah, it's definitely a very inherently racist and violent system and a, a culture of violence, a clear culture of violence here in the Bridgeport Police Department. And so thank you for, for sharing your thoughts and talking about your work related to policing. And we have just a few minutes left. And so I wanted to, I wanted to ask you as we prepare to enter February, I was wondering if you could share your thoughts on the, the importance, the, the legacy, the significance of Black History Month, as well as some specific local programs that the Greater Bridgeport NAACP has going on and will be involved with. We want to celebrate Black History Month. Actually, we celebrate it every day. But to get the community to understand the importance of Black History Month, because there have been such great contributions of people of color that have helped us as society. The stoplight was invented by a black man. The ironing board was invented by a black man. The straightening comb was invented by a black man. Just those little things you think about, you don't really think about that we use every single day. So in order, in order to recognize the, the contributions of blacks that we have a month that we take up and set aside and say, we want to highlight this throughout all communities of what the contributions have been and how they have impacted our lives. And, it, and as a part of that, we as in the greater Bridgeport and ACP have, have the, Douglas Garrison debate, which will take place simulcast on this station on February 17th at 6 p.m. So make sure you tune in and listen to our high school kids, students and the, and the middle school students. The first, the first argument for them will be, uh, for the middle school will be, uh, election day should be a national holiday in order to open up uh, elections, a free election to everyone. That'll be one of the discussions. And the other one will be civil, uh, I think a civil, uh, civil disobedience or civil unrest and how that operates and why that becomes important within our fight for justice. 
Then we then for the month of February, every Sunday except for Super Bowl Sunday, we're having a financial literacy uh, discussions. How to do with your taxes, budgeting, getting students ready for college, um, how to become an entrepreneur, and all those kinds of uh, business issues. So every Sunday at six o'clock. On the second Sunday, which is Super Bowl Sunday, we're going to do it at one o'clock. So we got time. We all have time to go watch the game and enjoy it ourselves. Um, and we'll have various events throughout the month. If you follow the Greater Bridgeport NAACP dot org, actually it's Bridgeport NAACP dot org. Uh, that is our website. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. The Greater Bridgeport NAACP, uh, and you can follow us on there as well. So those are things that we're doing during the month. We have some other things going on. Oh, and then on the 26th of February, that Saturday, we're going to do a three-hour discussion on critical race theory. Most people have done it in one hour. You cannot deal with that subject in one hour because by the time you deal with all the egos, <laughs> that's half that's half half of the one hour. So uh we wanna be able to really have a deep and dive deep on what it is, what is not, the truth versus facts. And on that note, um we have just a, about forty five seconds left. How can our listeners learn more about the Greater Bridgeport N A A C P just visit our website, Bridgeport N A A C P dot org. We have a history of, of the association itself and a little bit of history about what we do. Reverend D. Stanley Lord, president of the Greater Bridgeport NAACP, thank you so much for joining me on tonight's episode of Mike Check. And again, that was February 17th at 6 p.m. is the high school and middle school debate that's going to be happening here on WPKN. And um, thank you again for, for joining me and have a good night. Thank you. God bless everybody. Stay safe.